0: Oh yeah, I'm Barry Moran, and you're listening to Mayo Are Back. Howie lads, Con Moore here, Mayo Are Back.
1: Look at guys, you're listening to one of the best podcasts I've ever heard, it's Mayo Are Back. Angelina Nugent speaking, just wanted to say, uh,
0: Mayo Are Back. Hello, it's your Kim John on and welcome to the Mayo Are Back podcast. How do, Pope Francis here, Mayo Are Back. Mayo are fucking back. Let them
1: say what they like about Mayo people, but Mayo supporters are the best supporters in the world. Mayo Well, hello there, folks. How do, do, do? You're very welcome to the Mayo Are Back podcast. You're back for Season 6, Episode 3. This unbelievable journey we've been on as Mayo inbreds takes us on to the next step as we face County Kerry on Sunday in an all-Arnold quarterfinal. You're joined with TJ here to bring you up to speed on everything that needs to be discussed inside and outside the Mayo circumsphere. We're also joined on the line via zoom by a man you may know if dedicated listeners to the podcast possibly will know this name it's the one and only fat larry fat larry
0: how do how do uh, tj absolutely fantastic to be here from a distance uh, it's great to be here and and, and using the, the the powers of modern technology to just create pure uh, mayo mayo magic on this very very important week in the 2022 football season for our Boys. It's great to be here. Uh, we're giving this podcast uh, a second go this week. So for any of the crickets and inbreds out there who have you know chastised us and, and complained about our lack of commitment to the cause, we attempted to record a, a podcast yesterday evening which we decided to not save uh, for various reasons. So here we are this evening giving it a go for a second time. So we are here, we're ready, and we're, we're feeling good about Mayo's chances this weekend. There have been a lot of
1: technological gremlins within the mayor back offices of late. And as Fat Larry alluded to there, that little chin wag from yesterday evening is gone into the ether. But we hope to repeat the oracle this evening with Fat Larry joining us via Zoom. And I suppose Fat Larry will get started with one of the more pressing topics that the listeners have been asking of us. Where the fuck have we been for the last two or three months? And why haven't there been any podcasts? Would you care to bring the loyal listeners up to speed on that particular question?
0: Well, I suppose to to answer in two parts, three, my, my current whereabouts, my current location is I'm sitting in my uh, slatted house uh, shed in the fields of Glenamoy, where I, where I call home. Uh, and that's where I'm recording this podcast from this evening, which I suppose is, is the beauty of... Uh, recording remotely that we get to get outside the studio as for my whereabouts over the, the the last couple of months or so as as you as you rightly pointed out to me there you know we're, we're probably working off a uh a slightly unstable internet connection here. You know, the Mayo Wi-Fi isn't particularly good, let alone down here in, in North Mayo. Um, I suppose, to be honest with you, TJ, I've been quite unstable myself personally in 2022 and probably since September 2021 and following the aftermath of, of Mayo's uh, c- catastrophic uh, defeat to Tyrone. And it's just been difficult to kind of get the head around it this year now. You know, the season's been a little bit up and down. You know, they've given us I suppose a few a few great days out so far. You know some great performances in the Shropshire League, um, but also you think of performances like the 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 Connacht quarter final against Galway and the league final against Kerry, and it had really knocked the stuffing out of you. But you know we're off the back of what could only be described as two really top notch performances from Mayo against both Monaghan and Kildare in the qualifiers, and that has really filled me with the jizz and that spunk that you need to get on the airwaves and record a podcast. Uh, So I'm feeling very good about Mayo's chances, but I suppose, you know, you know, as i am I'm, I'm only one part of this, of this, uh, of this operation. And, you know, I I know you've been probably struggling a little bit with uh, the whole Mayo thing in 2022 as well, TJ.
1: It's been difficult for Clary. It's been a trying time for all Mayo fans. I suppose we listen to the crickets as much as we listen to the plaudits and They've been given a stick recently. They're saying, you know, a lot of All-Ireland finals in the last five, six seasons can be directly traced back to comments made on the Mayo Are Back podcast and that myself and yourself, amongst others, were more or less the only people to blame for the losing of those big games and those big moments. So I suppose just to test out that theory, we decided to keep our lips sealed for the Kerry game. We keep our mouths shut for the Galway game. And as the fans of Mayo and the podcast will know, that Mayo played just as poorly in any of those games as we've ever seen them. So I suppose what we've learned from our little hiatus is that we are just as crucial to this Mayo team as they are themselves. When you talk about key injuries and fellas that they will have and fellas that they won't have, it was very noticeable that the players had not been listening to the Mayor Back podcast in the build-up to the last couple of those games. So here we yeah. are, just to, I suppose, advise and guide them in the right direction. We're doing it as much for James Hornan and the players as we are for the fans. And that's why we're back for this, I suppose you'd call it a, a Shratpictor review, All Ireland Championship preview, and a little bit of everything else thrown in
0: between. Fat Larry, wouldn't you, wouldn't you agree with those sentiments? I have to agree you know we're going to be probably reviewing and previewing the Alliance League all in one we'll review and preview pretty much the whole Mayo Lady season and of course the under 17s as well but I suppose when you don't record a podcast for a number of months it's the it, I suppose it, it puts you in that nice position that you're not stuck for shit to talk about um you know I suppose we're always on about learning here and and, and improving and growing as an organization and you know I suppose we, report, we recorded a podcast yesterday evening. Um, uh, now in, in true Mayo or back fashion, I made absolutely no notes yesterday and have no resemblance or recollection, really, of what I said or did. So I suppose from that point of view, we're probably going to shoot from the hip once again here this evening and we're going to just give it a bit of a lash. And I suppose the Mayo team, really, it's the first probably major learning the Mayo team could take from this particular podcast this evening. You know, we're going out here this evening with a kind of a reckless abandon approach. We're going to throw caution to the wind at every venture this evening. And we're not going to care, I suppose, about the quality of what comes out at the end or anything like that. We're just going to go and and really give it a lash. And I suppose that's what we would be calling for this Mayo team to do at the weekend against Kerry as well. You know, to throw away the, the tactics and, and the talk in the media of, you know, playing, you know, sweepers or even, you know, marking some of the best forwards in the game. I really feel that if Mayo do that, they'll be taking the focus away from themselves. So if we focus on ourselves, focus on making sure that our hair looks well, that our tan looks well and that we're doing our stuff. You know, I think Mayo have a fantastic chance of of, of beating Kerry the next day Um, to answer your question. I think you've hit the nail on the head
1: there, Fat Larry, as it were. I mean, you know... Our performances on this podcast have often been compared to the Mayo team. And as you said, reckless abandon, would be words that spring to mind. We're here for a cut and thrust podcast this evening, and we hope that's replicated by the Mayo Boyeens. We said that with all the smack that's been talked about this team, you've really backed this Mayo team into a corner and they're a wounded animal in the corner now. And they could come out fighting on Sunday. We saw them in the Kildare game, Fat Larry, and to my untrained eye, they looked like a team that were playing with their head up their own arse in some areas of the game and in some areas of the field. And that's exactly the way I want to see my Mayo team going into championship action on Sunday. I want to see us playing with our heads up our own arses and with our yeah. tails held high between our legs.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And I suppose... You know the, 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 the Mayo team this year, you know I suppose they 've been kind of copying our approach in the sense that like we myself and yourself t j like to come on in here and and we like to you know throw maybe a few insults around and and call people out for the betterment of of mayo g of course is always at the very very forefront of our minds, and you know maybe the Mayo team have been taking that approach and bring it into their own performances this year. And replicating that by the amount of wides they were kicking. You know, I mean, you've been seeing Mayo going out and kicking as many wides as we would throw insults here on a given evening. So hopefully if if, if James Horan sits down and listens to this podcast on the bus up to Dublin on Saturday, that, you know, he would say to his players that if we can kick as many points from play as, as TJ and Fat Larry threw insults, on 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 the show this week, then we probably stand a very good chance of 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 at least giving Kerry a right a right good game of it, you know. Absolutely, Fat Larry, absolutely. And one of the things I'll be most looking
1: forward to seeing on Sunday is which of those Mayo teams shows out and takes the field at four o'clock on Sunday afternoon, because as we well know, after the disappointment of Galway in the All Ireland Connacht quarter final series. We went out to play Monaghan and Kildare and Mayo fans were, I suppose, we were searching for two emphatic performances to get us back, back in the mix and back in contention for all Arnold glory. But I suppose rather than emphatic performances, we got very Empathetic performances from the Mayo team They, they didn't want to beat yeah. Monaghan or Kildare By too much at all They wanted to leave Kildare with lots of positives To take away from it They wanted to keep Monaghan in the game They kept Kildare in the game right up until the 69th minute And I suppose Mayo just kind of come alive In that time of the game The, yeah. the very magic 69 That I would say When it gets down to the 69, Fat Larry It separates the men from the boys The cream tends to rise to the top And it's fair to say that Mayo's cream was rising all over the Kildare boys a couple of weeks ago in Crow
0: Park. I'd have to completely agree with you, TJ. And and to me, Mayo looked like a team that were probably going out playing, looking for a different type of 69 in the championship so far. You know, they looked like a bunch of guys who were looking to maybe you know maybe get out of the championship exit the scene early and maybe you know get themselves over to the United States for a J1 or something like that I don't know and and maybe that that's very disingenuous and and, and mean of me to say but you know I suppose when I come on here I always run the risk of you know rubbing people up the wrong way and all that and and, and anything that me or you say here this evening TJ or on any given evening for that matter th- these are just merely suggestions that we are trying to make for the, the, the betterment of Mayo G.A. as a whole. Um, you know, in terms of, you know, Mayo's uh, performances in the qualifiers, I, I'd have to disagree with you slightly. I thought Mayo were emphatic against Monaghan. You know, I I really did. I, I thought the way they closed out that game was really Mayo-like. You know, I my mind gets, I suppose, cast back to um Aiden O'Shea almost fist passing the ball into his own goal to bring the game to extra time and if that wasn't bad enough then you know giving away nearly a stonewall penalty but i suppose it does always help when you you know you put the the, the brown envelopes in the right places and 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 pay the right people and 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 we did that on that occasion i think in mikhail park so there are some positives to take from it but there's no doubt about it tj we're going to have to jump it up a few levels um, against Kerry the next you no, out because these are a, a serious, serious side. Fat Larry touched on something there, and it was, you
1: know, that use of the the long fisted pass. I know this, in this particular instance, it was fist pass 20 meters back towards his own goal, right into the breadbasket of a Monaghan full forward. Probably wasn't the end result he was looking for at the time, but as it no. were. I'm a firm believer in the fist and the use of the fist. And I think even to try something like that, it was well
0: worth it. I, I would have been disappointed if he hadn't gone fist deep on that one. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, you know, you can't you can't blame them for, for trying something different. You know, I suppose, you know, we've probably been critical of Mayo in the past for maybe not going out and, and trying to maybe be a little bit defensive towards the end of games to try and see them out. You know, one thing that this Mayo team are very, very good at is leaving us on the edge of our seats right up to the very final whistle, and that was no different against Monaghan. You know, I, I don't like to see Mayo, you know, copying the Northern teams of you know, this keep ball style of football. I don't, I don't approve of it personally. I like to see Mayo going out and taking huge amount of risks, um, playing with complete abandon at all times, and and for me, I I when I see Mayo going out you know, playing with three men in the full back line, uh, trying to mark um, opposition forwards. I, I don't like to see that in a Mayo team. And I hope I don't see it above in Crow Park on Sunday. You're right, Fat
1: Larry. You know, it's often been criticised we should be playing with 15 men behind the ball. But personally, quite this is quite a personal opinion. I'd suggest we play with no players behind the ball. When we were at our best against Kildare, it is when we had the likes of your Oisin Mulligans, your poor Explanio O'Horas. You had the two of them tipping around inside the Kildare penalty area. That's when we were at our best, when we're playing with cut and thrust, reckless abandon up and down the field and... In terms of marginal gains and and little improvements that we can make to our performance, as you said, we can only focus on ourselves here. Where do you think Mayo can make the most big strides, as it were? Because if they play like they did against Kildare now, I I wouldn't be fully confident of a win. So it's obviously we need to improve in some departments. Any suggestions
0: or any little tweaks you'd like to make right now at this venture, Fat Larry? There are a couple, TJ, and I suppose... A new approach I've taken this year is I I'm probably I'm probably getting a little bit less emotional about Mayo football. I'm kind of taking a step back from it and seeing it for what it really is because I think after the upset that you know the final loss to Toronto caused me last year, I, I felt like I needed to maybe reassess you know how I was supporting the team. Um, and for me, you know, I I'm making you know probably baby steps along that journey. But I suppose, they're talking tactically, and I I probably. And maybe, and I in the past I wouldn't have always thought about the game too tactically, as you know well. Uh, but this year now I, I'm thinking tactics all the time. So I, I'll give you an example, TJ. I was I was standing looking into a field of horses, um, below in Bellicoric, uh last Wednesday afternoon. It was a lovely uh, a lovely sunny afternoon. A uh, few clouds, a little light breeze, just to keep you cool and to keep yeah. the midges away but there was about 25 or 30 horses standing in the field. And I suppose I was looking at each of the horses and and above each horse kind of levitating in the air, I could see, um, you know, 30 Mayo and Kerry players. And I was kind of looking at how they had lined themselves out across the field. And and I noticed that uh, there was a, a big, I suppose, gaping hole in one of the ditches in the field and I suppose that got me thinking about you know the the ease at which you know some of those horses if they wanted to could run through that gap and escape into other fields which obviously wouldn't be a good situation at all and then I was thinking to myself you know would I you know if that was my own field would, would I go and rebuild that fence or build up that ditch again to stop uh stuff coming through and to keep everything nice and safe and, and and I suppose the answer to that question for me was an emphatic no. Mm. I I probably thought to myself, you know, I'm going to trust these horses. I'm going to trust the 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 judgment and the instinct of these these fine ponies to stay in that field and to not go through the gap. And I feel like that's the kind of approach that James Horan should take the next day. Now he should probably hope for me that your David Clifford's your Paul D. Cliffords, your Shawnee O'Shea's, and these guys, that they decide to just not bother scoring. And if they can do that, you know, that gives Mayo a great opportunity. Because I think if if they leave David Clifford wide open and then he still can't score, which, you know, is very, very unlikely, of course, that will give Mayo a big opportunity at winning this game. And for me, that's my, that's my real point of tactical analysis for this week. And just for the crickets out there, who have, who have been so, uh, I suppose, uh, rough on me in the past for not really getting into the details, I say, take that.
1: You would think after, you know, six seasons and 50 or so episodes that I would become accustomed to this sort of level of tactical nuance that you hear from my comrade Fat Larry here, but... It takes me by surprise every time to hear you speak about the game in those terms. And I think the listeners in Mayo in Ireland and around the globe and around the solar system, as it were, will all agree with the sediments that you've expressed there in that speech. And one man who you did touch on David Clifford, Clifford, the big red dog, as he has become known in some quarters. This is a guy who has broken onto the scene in the last couple of weeks or months. He, he's been on the go yeah. most of this year and he's kind of has, he has shown his stuff on occasion that he's, you know, it can be yeah. said that he's quite a fabulous footballer and maybe even a gorgeous guy, who knows, I probably wouldn't go that far. He's certainly a fabulous footballer as it were, but he's a fine specimen, yeah. Yeah, absolutely, but it's it's that kind of thing Fat Larry, if, if you know someone is very very good at football, should you give them any extra attention or any sort of marking detail or any any sort of specific instructions to the people marking him in the pitch? Or should you just forget about that
0: altogether? Well, I feel for some teams that might work. Um, And I suppose Mayo, you know, they've never tried that. And I suppose in a sense, it's never worked for them um so therefore you could deduct or deduct excuse me from that that they should probably try doing it at the weekends you know possibly maybe putting a, a player on david clifford who might stick to him and then maybe a plus one you know they're talking about you know dropping your wing forwards back and and adding that little bit of protection around the d um but i i i would i would be tentative now as as at, 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 at taking such an approach um you know i i like to see I like to see my Mayo full backs in particular, as you said, TJ, you know, kind of hanging out around the 13 meter line up at the opposite end of the field. And I like to see my, you know, generationally talented footballers in the forward line, in particular your Jeremy O'Connor's, your Killian O'Connor's, um, your Ryan O'Donoghue's. I prefer to see those guys making long raking runs back the field, tracking yeah. guys like um, you know the, the the carry half back line there is is well known for their attacking prowess. You know your 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 Paul Murphy's and your Shea's and uh, these fellas. Um, you know, so I would rather see the attackers defending and the defenders attacking. I think if you you know mishmash all that together, um, well then it becomes a bit of a lottery, I suppose, and that's what we enjoy. I feel
1: I do want to jump in on one of the points you made there, Fat Larry, and wholeheartedly agree with you in terms of dropping the wing forwards. It would be my personal belief now that not only would you drop our current wing forwards into our own sort of half-back pockets, I would drop them even further than that. I'd drop them onto the bench. I might even leave yeah. them down in Mayo with some of the performances they've been putting in this year. I would totally be
0: in favour of dropping the half-forwards, maybe the whole half-forward line. Correct, yeah. Well, I, I suppose it's it's definitely not unfair of us to say that we really have been playing with an invisible half forward line this year and probably for the last number of years as well. I think, you know, you know, I I cast my mind back to the days where, uh, Drenal used to play for Mayo and Andy Moore and and Kevin McLaughlin, I suppose, in in his younger days, you know, those guys were, you know, really good at getting on the ball and kind of played on the 40, as they say. Um, so I think James Horan is going to have to figure that out uh, ahead of the weekend. Of course, um, you know, Tommy Conroy is a huge loss to us this year. He provided us that with that um, real, I suppose, that real spunky element to the team last year, which... You know, carried us all the way to the All Ireland final. His loss is, you know, very much felt this year. Um, Ryan O'Donnell, obviously has been struggling with injury, Killian has been is coming back off a long layoff. So, you know, we're going to have to see some new guys stepping up. And, you know, one thing we're very lucky at to have in Mayo is we've got a, a very, you know, vibrant and, um, you know, fruitful uh, development system, and we're constantly bringing through new players. And I suppose two guys that I'm really looking to see stand up now on Sunday are going to are, are, I suppose our newcomers this year to the half forward line Fergal Boland and Conor Loftus are two guys who I think could potentially make a big difference if James Horan um has the stones to to play them from the start mm-hmm. you know you have guys there like um you know Jack Kearney there has been has been really really good it's nice to see you know, kind of more red-haired players back in the Mayo team. You know, it's it's been a while since we saw the likes of Rick Caffini and 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 Turbo Tom Canifa and of course Conor Mortimer as well in the Mayo forward line. So that's a positive, and and you know, hopefully James Carr will will have a big performance at the weekend as well. Um, and if you know, if you put all that together, and and if if all of these you know players um turn their bad form around and and all have the best games they've ever had for Mayo, then you know I I would be very confident that we could get a win. Yeah. Now, Fat Larry, I want to go
1: on a long and I suppose nonsensical monologue about James Horan's biggest decisions that he's going to have to make for the big game on the Sunday. And that'd be lovely. I don't see it as tactical choices. I don't see it as being a decision about personnel or even logistics, as it were. I think where this game is going to be won and lost is going to be upstairs, it's going to be in the head, and in fact, on the head. And it's going to be, you know, what sort of hat James Horan decides to wear at this game. Now, we have seen James go out in those early season league games, kind of playing with sort of a, you'd call it a fluffy bobble hat, as it were. I've seen him on occasion to go for the the flatter, the more peaked cap, sort of the the scangery look. That has worked for him time and time again. Against Kildare, he went totally hatless. And I thought it was reflective of the team's performance where they were totally headless. So I have a suggestion I would like to suggest to our manger, James Horney that he really needs to look no further than his own mangerment selector team. Because my mind is cast right back to a a beautiful sunny Sunday in Crow Park last summer where Mayo played Galway. It was one of the hottest days of the year on record. And Mayo had a sombrero-wearing selector who just seemed to soak in the occasion. He took it all in its stride. The sombrero really, for me, is the perfect item of headwear for any male player or manger or otherwise fan or otherwise to have. And not only was that sombrero used on that given day, the sombrero also featured in the quarterfinal against Dublin when it was pissing right. from high heavens for most of the game. So you can oh, see that. these were our two best performances in, in recent times. And they both came with the presence of a sombrero on the sideline. And I think if James Horan is cowardly enough to not wear that sombrero or Sunday, it's really going to shaft us in the back door in a bad way.
0: Absolutely, and and I suppose we're being shafted, you know, from from all corners as as already. I suppose the last thing we need is to be to be shafted by our own manager as well. Uh, yeah, I completely agree with you, TJ, on, on, on that side of it. You know, for so long, I suppose that there's been that kind of a, a separation between supporters and, and and management. You know, it would be nice to see. Again, more of the Mayo management, you know, embrace that inbred Mayo spirit uh, and really show off some of that really fabulous inbred headwear that we have become so synonymous with uh, across the county. I suppose, you know, it, it would be unusual, I suppose, in this sense, but I would have to slightly disagree with you on one of the points that you made there. You know, you said that the, the, the game was going to be won upstairs. Personally, TJ, I feel the game is actually going to be won downstairs. Um, and legs. I think... Yeah, well, you know, a little bit further up than that now, TJ. I think this game is going to be all about balls. Um, you know, it's. I suppose looking at the game again, from, from my 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 new um, less emotional, ta- more tactical um, point of view, um, you know, it's going to be very very important that that Mayo have balls in their hand. Uh, uh, for for you know a lot of this game you know in, in the league final we saw Mayo give away a huge amount of you know easy possession and stuff like that to um, to carry you know they conceded the kick out and they gave them um, you know they, they were giving them balls left right and centre uh, really they were, they were handing their balls over on a platter really so I think what we're going to have to see from Mayo on Sunday is a a different approach. I think if they're going to uh, push up on the the Dublin kick-out and put their balls under pressure coming out from the goalkeeper, they're going to have to really go full hog for me. I think they're going to have to really push up on them. You know, that might mean maybe pushing up a couple of defenders as well and and really going for it. And I suppose if they don't have the balls uh, to push up on the Dublin kick-out, I would suggest that Mayo go right back and really, you know, defend really tightly, you know, really protect that D, and really look to, to, to give Kerry as little shooting opportunities to shoot their balls and to shoot their load as much as possible.
1: I suppose the listeners can probably hear the the sense of mayo delusion that's just creeping into Fat Larry's voice as it were. It hasn't been now, here.
0: I could just so rudely cut across you for a minute, oh. the, the, old, the old battery in my telephone is about to die. So if you wouldn't mind just going off on maybe a 90-second a, maybe a, a monologue again there while I just head off and get myself a phone charger, I'll be right back to you.
1: That's no problem, Fat Larry. I'll, I'll do my very, very best, as it were. We could, of course, pause this podcast at this venture. But the technical gremlins have been giving us such a hard time at this stage that we're just going to let it run. Fat Larry has left my screen, as it were, and he's gone in to receive his charger. And I suppose listeners all around Mayo will be familiar with this kind of thing that does tend to go on. But I suppose Fat Larry said uh, another long, winding, nonsensical monologue. I have a couple of those prepared in my back arse pocket. And the first one I'd like to dip into now, I suppose, would be hairstyles. And this is something that fashion guru Fat Larry touched on in the last game. He said, if you look at the way Oshin Mullen is playing with himself now this season and compared to last season, it's like two different Oshin Mullen's. Because last season against Tyrone, as much as he was a good servant to the team, I, I thought he showed the inexperience of oh, youth, yeah. the, the naivety. Sorry, Fatlari, i talking about um, hairstyles. The, the, naivety, oh, yeah. the naivety of youth. You know, Oshin Mullen's la- hairstyle last year, it was. You'd call it, it was loose, it was floppy, it was exposed, he was trying to put buns and and ponytails in places really where they should never go, in my mind. But what did we see in the Kildare game? We've seen a much tighter approach, it was much more structured, there was more structure to his play, and you can really see the work that's going on behind the scenes in terms of the strength and conditioning. The, the shampoo yeah. and conditioning team and the Mayo setup are supposed to be one of the foremost executors of hairstyle advice in all of Ireland, and you can see that on the field at the moment.
0: Ah, uh, it's great. As I said, you know, the there seems to be much more structure. You know, is really really important. And um, you know, I suppose from a hair point of view, I I was massively impressed. I suppose, um, down in McHale Park in the Monaghan game by the the, the strapping young forward from Monaghan, uh, Gary Mohan, wow. who was rocking a a gorgeous mullet that mm-hmm. day. Um, you know, I I would love to see, uh, you know, maybe a male player, you know, go out with uh, a a similar style uh, of hair. Maybe in, in the not too distant future. Of course, it takes a little bit of time to put that together and whatever. But you never know. Just something for maybe the management to be thinking about and all that. Uh, to be honest, next, which is Fat Larry. Uh,
1: You know as well as I do, as do all of our eagle-eared listeners, that that's not the type of thing that can be achieved overnight. There needs to be systems and structures and plans in place that you can be approaching 15-, 16-year-old boys and getting them to think about their hairstyle in the future and getting them to think that way and have a bit of joined-up thinking. So by the time that they do bust into the senior ranks, they are rocking mullets, mohawks, skinheads, you know, leaving it yeah. all out there on the field, as it were. And if we Absolutely. could just touch on structures for a second and and grassroots, as it were, you you had a couple of stark comments that you made yesterday on our little uh, informal chinwag off the record, as it were. And I hope you don't mind me bringing these up on the record. But you said some very harsh comments not. about the grassroots in Mayo at the moment.
0: Yes, TJ, yeah, I, I have to say, I, I've, I've been very disappointed with the, the way that the grassroots of Mayo GA have been treated over the last couple of, of, of weeks and months, in particular in the lead-up to the game against Galway, and, and in particular as well at half time in the game against Galway. Mm-hmm. You know, the way that the, the, the grassroots were being abused so badly by all those young Mayo GA inbreds who came out for a kick-around at half time in the Galway game, and also the way that that grass was, was forced to develop and grow far, far too quickly. And, and too much, in my opinion, was being asked of those grassroots uh, in that particular instance, and, and and for me, you know, I would like to take this opportunity on the record to to really uh, commend and congratulate the grassroots um, of Macaestings Park in Castlebar for the way that it grew so well in the lead up to that game against Galway. I thought it did did very very well, um, and you know, I suppose the, the grassroots have been criticised quite widely in Mayo GA um but you know that was a big a, a big performance from it to get ready for that game and also we've seen since that then the the the, the Mayo under seventeens um you know the the real life people um also perform just like those blades of grass did um in in McHale park they of course are take also taking on uh Kerry in an all ireland semi final this weekend which of course makes perfect sense that Mayo would play Kerry in a, in a senior match in Crow Park on Sunday while the, the, the Mayo under-20s would would play the exact same opposition in a completely different part of the country the day before. Um, look at Mayo supporters out there would know that I don't like coming on this podcast to give out. It's not why I'm here. It's not why I signed up to it in the first place. But I think it's a fucking shambles, to be honest with you. Um, and, and I know that those young inbreds playing for the Mayo under-17s and their you know, inbred family circles will be very disappointed about that because that would have been an opportunity for you know, those young lads to go out and play in a big game in Crow Park and it's been taken away from them. So I think they need to, uh, they need to take a good long look at themselves now.
1: Look, Fat Larry, you've seemed to have hit several nails on the head there, but you did talk about those under seventeens, and it would be remiss of us not to praise them for their development and wish them all the best luck in the game the next day. Now we always speak with a huge degree of caution when it does come to under-17s. We know that of course. none of them will be listening to this podcast, given that there is an over 18s language warning on it and they wouldn't be developed enough to hear some of the f words and the s words that are being thrown around this evening but i know yesterday you did you did take a moment uh, i suppose very cogently and eloquently eulogize over the the management ticket that the under 17 have you're a very big fan of their manger this year as he is a very big fan of yours i do believe
0: Oh, and, and, and a big supporter of of you by extension also, TJ. You know, it's it's refreshing to see that, um, you know, from right from the grassroots level of Mayo GA that, you know, Mayo are back inbreds have managed to infiltrate the county setup and are now in fact uh, managing the teams, which is absolutely wonderful to see. Um, you know, Sean Dean there uh, a massive, massive inbred um beyond there out in feet and it, it, it's you know I think here we're absolutely delighted to see the Mayo under 17s and the Mayo minors as they previously were. we always like to see our Mayo teams doing well but we particularly like to see our Mayo teams doing well when they are uh, manged by uh, you know some of our some of our own inbreds which is absolutely brilliant uh, he's he's a he's a great guy there you know he's got that bit of inbred uh, Eris blood in him as well which is obviously very very important and I've probably I suppose has that little bit of a, a connection with the Bray Mafia as well, uh, which is obviously very, very important if you want to make it all the way in Mayo GA, as we know very, very well.
1: It's good to keep them on side. This is correct. Now it would be truly remissive of us to get to this venture in the podcast and not say up Mayo. But with that said, yeah. it's time to, you know, plough on and keep talking tactically here. We have to honour some of the other teams still in competition and one team that has gone out, uh, the Mayo ladies of course they're, they're, they're in the back door As it seems this season And best to look to them there I hope they get an easy ride They have a game on this weekend And I'm not fully sure of the opposition to that game But I'm sure our eagle-eared listeners out there Will know exactly who that game is against And they will understand That our best wishes are being given to them On that occasion And I will hold my hand off at Larry To say I have been out supporting our Mayo hurlers this year um, oh, very they, good. Did, they didn't quite really get much of an opportunity to play on the grassroots in Park, but they did make it all the way up to Crow Park. They played in the Krusty Ring final against old rivals Kildare, the aforementioned Kildare. And I watched that game, Fat Larry, with one of my comrades, and I was saying to them, you know, around the 10 or 15 minute mark that. I was really being blown away by the performance of this Mayo team. They were playing with, you know, a superb style of play, a risky approach. The ball was up and down the field. And I said, you know, these Mayo guys, there's a lot talked about them, but they're, they're, they're as good as anyone. They're as good as Kilkenny, Tipperary, or Limerick. And I suppose at that moment, I I glanced up at the scoreboard and the scoreboard read Kildare one, nine Mayo, two points. So I suppose that goes to show you all that I know about the game of
0: hurling. Well, it's fair to say, TJ, that myself and yourself know fuck all about the game of hurling, and and mm. that's not necessarily the worst thing in the world, um, you know. But fair play to the Mayo hurlers. Look at they're they they're a great bunch of guys, really, and and I suppose have always been, you know, very supportive of us here, um, and, and you know, TJ, I, I I have to commend you on on, uh, on on going to that game and and making the journey all the way up from from Ballandine, uh, to to go and and watch that game, um. And hopefully, you never know. Next year, if they can manage to get uh, a full panel of players within the county playing hurling, you never know that they might they might go on and, and they could win the, the the fucking thing, and they could go on to win the next cup as well in years to come as well. So True. the the signs are good across the board, TJ. I mean, all of our, our teams seem to be performing really, really well, and um, and hopefully now we've got another fruitful weekend. Um, of football in store for the Mayo inbreds it's it's, it's, it's you know it's very exciting times
1: well that Mayo hurling team has often been described as the poor cousin here in Mayo or even I'd go as describe them as the inbred sibling of the bunch kind of the run to the litter as it were but they proved on that occasion they proved to all the footballers all the ladies teams all teams throughout Mayo they proved we're just as good as ye we can lose yep. in all Ireland finals as well and that was refreshing yep. from my point
0: of view and they've, you know, they've laid the gauntlet down to this Mayo football team. They have lost an All-Ireland final this year, so it's up to the footballers now to go on and to do the exact same this year, and I have little doubt in my mind that we...
1: Fat Larry? We appear to have lost Fat Larry at this venture, folks, which would be exceptionally disappointing. I suppose this is testament to how difficult it has been to record in these trying times, and Trying to get from North Mayo to South Mayo via car with the diesel prices the way they are has been very difficult as well. And here we are trying to do the needful and do it over the Zoom contraption. And we seem to be having more technical gremlins hitting on the line. But that's fine. I suppose myself or Fat Larry, given the right circumstances, can talk absolute shite to ourselves without anyone else joining in or commenting at all. And we could go on for hours, as it were. I suppose at this venture in the podcast, we're getting kind of towards the end of our introductory period of the podcast. And we will get on to talk about a, a whole array of talking points over the course of the hour. But it is just me here at the moment. We have officially lost Fat Larry. So I don't know where that leaves us with in terms of the podcast, but I am going to continue to keep shiting on. And I might ring him on the phone here to see what exactly is going on with him. Now, these are trying, trying times for all of us, but I can certainly tell you, folks, with this being the third time we've attempted to record this, we will not be going back and doing it again. So let's hope we can get Fat Larry and let's hear what he has to say. Oh, yeah. How are you, Fat Larry?
0: I just messaged you there. Did you save that?
1: I'll save it now. You might tell me how to save it.
0: Yeah. So my phone went first again. The fucking... The, it, it, fucking boiling here the car is roasting as well I've stepped out onto the pitch many times to represent Mayo the people of Mayo deserve a voice that's willing to fight and call out wrongdoing in their interests I'm Alan Dillon I'm Alan Dillon I'm Alan Dillon and I'm asking for your number one vote I'm Alan Dillon and I'm asking for your number one vote oh no I'm Alan Dillon. Oh no. And I'm asking for your number one vote. Oh no.
1: So so awful. Oh this is just cruel. What do we have to do? So so awful.
0: You know this is a combination of a, of a couple of you know, a couple of weeks hard work.
1: It's cruel. It's like getting an awful injection and it's not stopping. it just keeps on yeah, going.
0: Yeah. Uh...
1: Now, Fat Larry, we lost you there and apologies to all of our listeners and especially apologies to you, Fat Larry, for you becoming so lost there in that instance. But maybe it was the content of what we were discussing, the Mayo hurlers or whatever, which way it wasn't manifesting your boat or rowing your canoe Mm. or whatever one would describe it as. So it's possibly time to steer this ship back on track. And I would say on a personal level, get this shit finished as soon as possible so that we can move on with our lives and not spend any more time recording this particular podcast.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Apologies to the listeners there, but I, I feel like that little, I suppose, little break in the podcast there has probably done me the world of good, It allowed me just to go away and, and have, a, have a drink and a, I suppose just kind of a bit of time to think about what I've said and all the rest of it, and I don't regret anything I said there or anything like that, so it's it's, it's good to be back now to get uh, to get this thing finished, but of course, you're right TJ, look, I suppose these podcasts are are, are merely a metaphor for, for Mayo GA at large, we just want to, I suppose, stop recording these podcasts just like we want to stop waiting for an All Ireland so, with, with that in mind I suppose we should try and, and I suppose, get to a, a conclusion this evening And, you know, I suppose the listeners should be very happy for what they've got this evening. We have talked about the, the, the match a lot more than we might have done in previous seasons. So I think we should definitely, TJ, commend myself and yourself on that, which wouldn't be something that we would be accustomed to doing often.
1: Yeah, there's something I want to touch on, and it's an important topic and it's probably underlooked and underappreciated in these times. And it is all about pride. And as yeah. some people will know, this month, it's Pride Month. And coming up this weekend is Pride Weekend. And I myself, I'm actually going to attend a Pride event
0: on Sunday. Do you know what that is, Fat Larry? I can only assume that it is a a show of male pride. Maybe yes. a... Yes. A collection of of Mayo in Reds showing pride in their county and pride in their ability to drink pints maybe in the the, the big tree or Fagans or one of the, the 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 establishments close to Crow Park that that would be the only definition of pride that I would have in my in my dictionary. Anyways, absolutely correct, Fat Larry. I'm going to the Mayo Kerry game and
1: I have so much pride in the Mayo jersey and pride in all the supporters who will be there on the day. And I suppose we want to remind listeners and otherwise that it's important that no matter what kind of Mayo supporter you are, whether you're a very fully blown half-baker or if you're a totally not well lunatic supporter, or you might be, you know, one of the quieter, more reserved keyboard warrior supporters. And then you even have some Mayo supporters who are still in the closet. They haven't even told their family that they're Mayo supporters yet. So I suppose it's to reach mm. out to every single kind of Mayo fan and tell them that, it's okay. It's good. It's brilliant. And as long as you have pride in your country, it doesn't matter what side you butter your toast on. Isn't that correct, Fat Larry?
0: Absolutely. Yeah, I couldn't agree with you more, TJ. You know, I suppose it's a it's a lesson to all of us. You know that mm-hmm. you know people from from South Mayo, men from South Mayo can love. Men from East Mayo and, and men from North Mayo can love men from South Mayo, I suppose. And, wow. you know, that's that's what it's all about. And, you know, you know, when we come together and, and unite as one behind this, this Mayo team, uh, you know, who knows, you know, where this thing will go. You know, it's, it's clear to see that there's a, there's a lot of pride within the team. Um, you know, there's a lot of guys on that on that Mayo team who who, who I have got a lot of pride and, and other feelings towards as well, um, which I probably won't get into now at this stage, this late, late stage of the podcast. But pride is huge. You know, we were possibly a little bit lacking in pride maybe the day against the Kildare, you know. A, a big crowd didn't turn out for for whatever reason, but I have no doubt that the, the, the Mayo inbreds will flock to Crow Park. On Sunday and, and show their Mayo pride and hopefully push the lads over the line and into an All-Ireland semi-final.
1: That's it, Fat Larry. The angry mob will be there. And as you alluded to, I'll be looking forward to meeting them and greeting them on the streets of Drumcondra and further afield, be it on Saturday night or into the early hours of Sunday, even Monday morning, all going well. And that is going to be something very special. And regardless of what happens on the field, off the field, in the dressing room, we'll always have this and we'll have another very big day out. And we'll go hard at it, Fat Larry, and there might be a a drink taken over the course of the day. And I think really the last thing I want to talk about is, is offer a little bit of tactical nuance and advice to the fans. You described to me yesterday, and you put it perfectly, Fat Larry, you said... If you're getting in for the the opener, if you're getting in for Galway Armand, you could describe that as maybe a plate of olivants or a, a vegetable soup, a creamed soup of the day. It really is just the starter. It's the main course you want to be preparing for. And wh- what do you expect to see on that main course?
0: Ah, for me, you know, you go out on a Sunday afternoon and, you know, you might get yourself a bowl of chicken curry or you might maybe get uh, maybe a plate of sea bass or maybe a large bowl of mussels, you know, on, on a on a given weekend. But there's, there's every weekend, you know, maybe one in every five or six weekend that comes along and you want to get, you know, a meat and two veg carvery, mm-hmm. uh, turkey and ham with, um, you know, you want the mashed spuds, garlic spuds, chips, roast potatoes. And then you'd be probably looking at a selection of maybe, you know, I'd like the uh, maybe carrots, uh, cauliflower, broccoli. Um, and, and, you know, what, what I love then on top of everything, you know, is is a little bit of cranberry sauce and gravy. And I think you're going to get that this weekend in the form of, you know, I think I, I personally think it's 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 the osheen Mullins. It's it's the David Clifford's. It's the. Killian O'Connors. it's these guys who are just the, the, the cream on top of your Sunday Calvary dinner uh, you know we're going to be watching a serious game of football here you know not your everyday run of the mill carvery that you're you know you might get at home this is going out to um, you know, maybe to the tavern in Westport or maybe to Fagan's if you were there early for the game the next day now. Matt Larry, uh, you
1: have you have truly said it all there. In terms yeah. of the carvery, we will be looking to see Killian's cranberry sauce and maybe even some Aidan's special gravy covering our carvery this Sunday at four PM. And we will know for definite, for once and for all, by Sunday evening around eight or nine o'clock, Mayo will either be all Ireland contenders, or we'll be eating Supermax chicken tenders. There is no in between.
0: No, it's 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 winner bus now for us. You know we're either, um, you know, going to be um, eating a, a large chicken breast uh, sandwich meal in in Nico's, uh, or you know we're going to be eating uh, pure shite out of uh, the 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 Mayo Ga takeaway across the road. You know that's the fine margins. These are the. You know, these, the, the, the the small lines that, that divide winning and losing. And I think, I, I feel this weekend we'll be, we'll be well drunk at three o'clock on Monday morning. Uh, looking forward to an All-Ireland semi-final. I, I'm convinced really, you know, I wouldn't be on here doing this podcast if I wasn't. Uh, I suppose it's why I t- took so much time away this year. I kind of got a bit disenfranchised with it all. But I'm back, we're back and Mayo are back as well. And I think it's going to be a great weekend for the Emirates. You heard it here first, folks. The juices
1: are certainly flowing here this evening. It's been a whirlwind podcast. It's been a pleasure to talk to you, Fat Larry. If I could, I would stay here for another 45 minutes or an hour to continue to excrete our juices all over this podcast. But at this venture... It's hot enough outside, it's time to put the phones and the laptops and the technological devices to one side and to go down and get a pint. And I hope our listeners all around the globe, the Mayo diaspora and indeed the Mayo are back faithful and the Cordia Mayo are back faithful all echo those sentiments this Sunday against Kerry. Larry, I have nothing left to say to the Mayo public at large. Would you like to wish them a goodbye at this venture?
0: Absolutely, folks. It's been an absolute pleasure to be back on the airwaves with you, we hope, and we we know that this will not be the last time that we'll be talking to you this year. Up Mayo, Mayo do do do. Mayo are back.
1: Good scork, money! Good faith, yeah, by ya.
0: Birthday via Jojo was a man. Who thought he was alona? But I knew it couldn't last. Who's gonna win it? Who's
1: gonna be the man? See you. Oh, this is heartbreaking. It's a free from Kerry right
0: in the middle of the pitch. Who's been fouled? Brian Sheehan. Who's the person who'll take it? Brian Sheehan.
1: Who's the best long-range kicker on the Kerry team? Brian Sheehan. He has stolen the yarder. Watch him. He's stealing yards. He's stealing yards. He needs to get back. Get back! That's call. Cuse kerry them as they want oh, said. Oh, look it's... Brian Sheehan What those in capital letters. One. Kerry to win it with Brian Sheehan. Sheehan, he goes, He's I can't go away, way. away, away. It's all over. One time. It's all oh, over. Oh, right. have to do with all get over again back. next Saturday evening. One more time. Get back. Get back. Get back. Get back. back
0: to where you want to He's stealing yards. He needs to Get back. Get back. That game had everything that you want to see except a male win!